Welcome to Would Someone Please Tell Me What to Do with Heidi Reisner. We pray this podcast is a place you can push pause from the busyness of life and be encouraged in a way that will help you know and understand God just a little more. I'm going to jump right in here. We're going to get going. I'm going to be mindful of your time. Have y'all, did y'all enjoy last week? And I'm not saying that just to, to make me feel good. I'm just, uh, I, I, I said last week that um, as I was praying about this Bible study and, and what to teach y'all, when I, I really felt like I needed to come back on and do another session of Bible study, I really felt like the Holy Spirit say, just speak comfort and peace. And that's why I went to Psalms 23 and, and, and really pulled this Bible study out and really kind of rewrote a lot of it to, to be uh, mindful of where we're at in this season. But did last week help y'all? Did last week, was that a comfort to y'all? Did that bring peace to your heart? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I hope that was a, I hope that was a blessing to y'all. I don't have time to recap last week. So if you missed last week, each week is going to build on the week prior. So if you miss a week or if you're going, if you're watching it live and you can go back later and pull up last week because it's all on the pages here or whatever. And then many of y'all are watching live now, but then a lot of you come back and watch it later, you know, when it's more convenient. Just make sure you listen to the first one and then today's going to build on that. Next week will continue to build. So let me read Psalms 23. Get your Bibles out. Get your notebooks out. Uh, Let me read Psalms 23 to you again. Uh, have y'all been reading Psalms 23 every day? That was a little of an assignment I gave y'all last week to read Psalms 23 every day this past week and read it out loud. There's something about hearing your voice reading the Word of God, and I hope y'all did that. I hope you read it out loud. I hope you took your time through it. I hope you read it in different translations, which I'm going to have y'all continue to do that. And, and then take some good time in your journal and write what you feel like God's saying to you. But I'm going to read it today again to you, Psalms 23. And it's, I'm going to read it out of the, the Passion Translation today. And it says this. It says, The Lord is my best friend. That's pretty awesome, huh? Uh, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. Remember David, that was going to ultimately be King David, is writing this Psalms. He was writing as a shepherd but he positions himself as a sheep, as a Bible refer, and God refers to us as his sheep. And he's speaking about God being his shepherd. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace and the quietful brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me a pathway to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring glory and honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace and the comfort of your love always takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit and you give me all I can drink until my heart overflows. So why would I ever fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursue me all the days of my life and then afterwards when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Isn't that awesome? I hope that as y'all read those verses and read that uh, chapter this week, 
that as you read it every day, just comfort and peace from the Holy Spirit just came and settled and soothed your soul. So today, last week was verse one. Today, I'm going to go to verse two. And verse two is, he makes me, and I'm going to go back to the NIV version. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then I'm going to, I'm going to close with, uh, he leads me beside the quiet or the still waters. But I'm going to spend a little bit of time, the majority of the time today, on the first part of verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Again, we are the sheep. He is our shepherd. I'm going to give you some natural uh, backgrounds about sheep and shepherding, and then I'm going to relay it to the spiritual. But David's saying, as the Lord is my shepherd, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep in the natural, if you know anything about this, this particular uh, livestock and sheep, sheep cannot sleep unless all the conditions are just perfect. So in the natural, when there's sheep out on a farm or there's a, a, a you know a farmer and he, he's got sheep for grazing or for whatever, sheep cannot lay down and sleep unless all the conditions are absolutely just perfect. Because sheep by nature are restless, they're discontent, they're nervous, they're anxious, they're fearful. Okay, and I said last week, isn't that funny that God that God relates sheep to us and he compares us to sheep because in the natural sheep cannot rest on their own. They cannot rest unless their the conditions are absolutely perfect because they are they're again they're restless, they're discontent, they're nervous, they're fearful and if the conditions aren't just right they will, won't rest well. And as I, I thought about that, this is just something funny, but as I thought about that, how many of us are like that even in the natural and the physical? I've I've learned this that the older I get, the conditions for sleeping have to be like almost perfect. And I don't know what y'all have to have, and y'all can tell me in your comments or whatever, but what do you have to have for you to be able to sleep good? And I'm talking about in the natural. Some people need your the room totally dark. Some people need it cold. Some people need a fan. Some people need, you know, different things or you just can't sleep. And so the older I've gotten, the lower the temperature goes on my thermostat when we go to bed. So poor Eugene, he is basically year-round in flannel pajamas and blankets and all the stuff because I'm freezing him out because the older I'm getting, the temperature, my internal temperature rises. And in order to sleep at night, I'm going to have it really, really cold. So I freeze him out every, every night. And then Eugene and I both, we, we've always been this way from the very beginning of us being married, that we have to have a fan when we sleep. We have to have a fan. We cannot sleep. Don't give me one of those uh, whatever it is, the, the app things on your phone that gives a fake fan smell of smell, a, a, a fan, uh, what is it? Sound. Sound. <laughs> sound, sound. <laughs> the app that does the fan noise. Don't give me one of those. We have to have a fan. I cannot tell you how many times that we've traveled and we've been in a hotel and we unload our stuff and realize that we've forgotten our fan. And Eugene, I, before the living God, this is no exaggeration, he will be at Walgreens at midnight buying a fan to bring back to the hotel room because we can't sleep without one. And so I've got a, a variety of fans that we've bought over the years 
that we keep. So now I have this one particular bag with the fan in it. So when it's right next to the suitcase and we have our suitcase, we have our fan bag and then we go. So anyway, not that anybody cares about that, but those are just, isn't it funny that you have to have these things? Sheep are no different. And that's what's so funny when God tells us that, that he compares us to sheep because in the natural, sheep are exactly the same way. The conditions have to be perfect in order for them to get rest. And so, it, again, the word says, David's writing, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's, it's not that we just go and do it on our own, or it's not that sheep will go and do it on their own. The shepherd has to make them to lie down. It's dependent on the shepherd, and I'm talking about in the natural. It's dependent upon the shepherd to find a place for the sheep to rest. That's the shepherd's job. It's his job to find the perfect place for them to lie down and to rest. It's the sheep's job to keep their eyes on the shepherd. Okay, did y'all get that? And so the sheep aren't worried about where they're going to lie down and rest. They're worried about where the shepherd is because the shepherd's going to lead them to the green pastures for them to be able to sleep. The sheep aren't looking where they're going to go sleep at. Their, their eyes are on the shepherd because they know that's his job. That's not their job. And so as long as their eyes are on the shepherd, they know they're going to be led to a place where they can lie down and sleep. There's a verse in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and it says this. It says, you, speaking of God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And during this season that we're in now, again, the most unusual season that any of us have ever been through before, that there is so much anxiety and there's so much fear and there's so much swirling around us from the the COVID virus to the, the unrest in our nation to the injustices in our nation to the political wars that are going on. There is so much going on. And the rest that our soul needs, it's not that we're going and trying to find the place where to rest. Our our posture and our responsibility is to keep our eye on the shepherd, knowing that he's going to lead us to green pastures and to quiet waters. And if we get our eyes off of him and we start looking at everywhere else, there's not going to be rest and there's not going to be peace. But it's once our eyes go back to the shepherd and go, God, I trust you that you're going to lead me to quiet waters and to green pastures, that you're going to give my soul rest. I don't even have to worry about where we're going as long as my eyes are stayed on you. Isaiah, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on on you. Many of you, if you're in South Louisiana or in the South, the Gulf area at all, you're going to, um, you're going to know this, but when we have hurricanes, we're in the middle of a hurricane season. We had a little tropical storm kind of sweep past us. And, and we've been in South Louisiana. We have been very, very fortunate the last many years to be spared of hurricanes. And as all the tropical stuff is going on out on the, on the weather, And they're reporting it. I'm just going, God, please protect our region because it feels like the last thing we need is have to deal with a major hurricane. But those of you who have been through hurricanes, you will know that when the, when, especially 10 or 15 years ago, when Katrina and Rita and all the hurricanes were coming through here, 
that you, you get the first part of the storm, which is that, that northern and eastern wall, and then it swoops around, you know, and then that back side of it, that they call it the dirty side of it, comes through. But there's a moment, and we were in our house in Lafayette, and this was probably, you know, almost 20 years ago, 18 years ago or so, and we were in our house, we, had our, we were living in Lafayette, and we were all hunkered down in the house. All the electricity was already off. The windows were boarded up. We were in our laundry room with mattresses over us because it was it was the, uh, Hurricane Lily. And it was a, a major storm, a major hurricane that came through. And so then all of a sudden you hear the winds and you hear the trees were snapping in the backyard and you heard the trees falling. And then all of a sudden everything got quiet because the eye of the storm was passing over us. And Eugene left our little laundry room that we were hunkered down in, and he ran out to the front yard and the backyard to see if there was any trees being, they, they were falling, but they, were, they had missed the house. And it was during that eye of the storm that he ran out to check everything, and then it picked up again, and then he comes back in, gets back down again, because the rest of the storm passes by. So if you've been through a hurricane, you're going to understand that. That, that's what this season, seasons like this feel much like those hurricane seasons. The winds are blowing, the rains are blowing, the trees are snapping, the electricity's off, you don't know where to go, you, and you feel like you're hunkered down, almost literally in your house, you're hunkered down. But if we can find the eye of the storm, mm -hmm. the eye of the storm is a place of peace. Mm -hmm. The eye of the storm is when we keep our eyes on the shepherd. If we start looking outside the eye of the storm, then we get pulled back into the storm. We get sucked back into the craziness. If all we do is watch cable news 24 hours a day, we're going to be sucked back into it. If all we do is stay on social media all day long and let all those voices bombard us, we're going to be pulled back into it. If all we do is listen to negative voices and surround ourselves with people that are negative and, and are are. are, are the naysayers, we're going to be pulled back into the storm. But if we can, again, perfect peace, right. God promises us for, for those whose mind is stayed on him. Mm -hmm. If our mind and our eyes are stayed on him, we can live in the eye of the hurricane, mm -hmm. regardless of what's swirling around us. Good. Because we're going to come out of this season, girls. We really are. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be another season of something else and another season of something else. And I'm not saying that for doom and gloom i'm saying that to be for in reality because we live in a very different world right. and and what's ahead of us it 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 may get darker before it gets lighter mm -hmm. and that's that's not that's not being a negative and being down it's being realistic but we have to know our posture and how to walk through it right. it's staying in the eye of the hurricane it is it is being purposeful in what we're listening to, what we're watching, what's filling our minds, and who we have our eyes set on. Yes, yes. The shepherd right. is who leads us and guides us and makes us lay down in green pastures. We're not looking for the green pastures. We're looking to the shepherd. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. And so, again, this time that we live in, the green pastures, this is what's awesome. Y'all listen to this. Green pastures were not, and even today, are not common in Israel 
where David kept his flock. David was in Judea, which was an area in the country of Israel. Green pastures were not common. Even today in the Middle East, green pastures are not common in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And Eugene and I have had the privilege of being in Israel. We went there a couple of years ago. And it is a desert. And it is the Middle East. And it is a desert. And so it's not like in South Louisiana, you walk outside and everything's green and there's grass everywhere. It's a dry, barren, arid desert area. Area, but there's only small patches of green pastures. And so those green pastures in, in the desert where David was writing this, they just didn't pop up. Right. They just didn't appear. If you see a green pasture in Israel, even today, if you see a green pasture of grass, even in the Middle East today, it's not because it just popped up out of nowhere. It's because there was a shepherd right. that took great care and great tending mm -hmm. and great concern and labor and work to create that green pasture so that his flock has a place to go and eat and has a place to go and rest. Good. It's the work of the shepherd. So if you're, again, in the natural, in the Middle East, and see that, you know that there is a shepherd that loves his flock very, very much, and he's created a place to, for them to feed and for them to rest because he knows what's best for them. Yeah. And in the world that we live today, it can feel like we're living in a barren wasteland. It can feel like in the spirit there's a barren wasteland, and it's dry, and it's arid, and it's barren, and it's brown. But if we'll keep our eyes again on the shepherd, right. there's pastures of greenness and there's pastures of, of coolness and there's pastures of refreshing that even in this crazy world, God wants us to lead us to a place in him yeah. and a place in his presence right. that we can be shut out from the craziness of the, of the world and we can graze on green pastures. Yeah. We can drink from cool waters. We can lay down and rest yeah. because we know the shepherd is there protecting, watching over us intending to us. And girls, I hope this makes sense to y'all. I hope this brings comfort to your hearts in this most crazy, crazy time. A flock that is very, and this is in the natural, a flock that is very restless and discontent and agitated will never rest well. If they're discontent, if they're restless, and if they're agitated, the sheep will not rest well. And the shepherd knows what's going to bring greatest peace to their hearts. Mm -hmm. He knows what's going to bring great peace to them, for which is his presence, for them to be able to lay down and rest. And I don't know, I would say probably in the last five years, and I don't know, some of y'all know me and some of y'all don't know me. And some of y'all that do know me, you're going to know this is true, that I'm typically by nature a high-strung person. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can know that or not, but I'm, I'm typically... High strung. I'm so loud. They're always having to turn the volume down, even on these contraptions that we're recording on, because the volume goes like into the red zone because I'm so loud. And so I'm I'm high strung. I'm a high D personality. I'm type A personality, very driven, very passionate. And that can serve me well, or it can be it, it can serve me not well. It can be my greatest strength and it can be my greatest weakness. And for people like me that are so high strung, I understand when it's talking about the sheep, agitated, restless, discontent. I can understand that because if I'm not careful, that's where I tend to go. And so 
I think probably one of the greatest lessons over this last five years, and as I've gotten older, I've mellowed out a little bit, and y'all may be horrified to know that, thinking what was she like 20 years ago, but the last five years, I mean, the last as the last few years have gone by and I've gotten older, I have, believe it or not, <laughs> I have mellowed out a bit, and uh, so, but the last five years, I would say if there was a lesson or there was a discipline or there was a, a something that God's really, really worked at in my own heart that I've had to listen and learn and, and really surrender to, it would be it would be rest. Because I didn't know how to rest. I didn't know how to slow down. I didn't know how not to go 90 to nothing. I didn't know how to be in high gear all the time. And when I slowed down, even almost getting some rest, I would feel guilty. Okay, I need to work more. Okay, there's more to do. There's greater needs. God needs me more. Da, 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 da. And I, I, and because of what I do, I always blame God for it. Surely God needs me to do something else. And surely he needs me to do something else. And over these last several years, I've come to realize that so much of what I put on myself, God's never even put on me. And that he's helped me. And I think... I think he's tried to help me for a long time, but just the last few years, I guess maybe I started listening better because I got so tired and so worn out that he, he's helped me to know how to rest, mm. not just physically, but rest emotionally and yeah. rest mentally and rest in my soul that desperately, desperately needed the rest. And I'm sorry to say, and this is another message for another day, I really had to crash and burn before I learned the lesson that I just kept going and kept going and kept going to eventually just crash and burn. Meaning I was just burnt out. I was tired. I was worn out. I was burnt out. I was quitting ministry. Nobody knew this was all in my mind. I was quitting ministry. I was opening up an antique shop. I was going to have a nursery, uh, a flower garden shop. And I was doing a tea room and I had this whole thing concocted in my head. Nobody else knew but me. And until one day God just comes and really just goes, okay, well, he doesn't call me an idiot, but in my head, I'm calling myself an idiot going, okay, and I lost my mind that God, I just need to rest. I need to rest and learn what that truly means. So, so, so for sheep to rest, let me go on again. I hope this is making sense because as I was putting this together, and reading over it yesterday again and then again early this morning, there's some of you listening girls that y'all haven't learned how to rest yet. And even in a season of the COVID season and you've been quarantined in your house and you've had kids at home from school and your work schedule may have been kind of all messed up, that you still haven't surrendered to the point of rest for your souls. I'm not just talking about getting in the bed and, and sleeping at night, which that's important, but I'm talking about rest for your souls, that you that you stop striving, that you stop trying to make it happen, that you stop trying to figure it out, that you stop trying to, and just go, God, I want to be led and made, laid down in green pastures and quiet waters that I'm going to start looking to you as my shepherd and I'm going to stop trying to blaze the trail myself because every trail that I blaze myself, I end up in brown pastures with no food and no nourishment and no help and I'm worn out and I'm tired and I'm restless and I'm discontent and I'm agitated. So good. And some, some of you girls need to hear that. 
It's a surrender of your soul going back to the Lord is my shepherd, not only my savior, but he's my shepherd. He's the overseer. He's the boss. He's the manager of my life. And I have to surrender to that. You will never find rest for your souls until you surrender until you surrender to that fact. So let me do this quickly. And I'm, I don't know how this time goes by so fast. I don't know if it feels like that to y'all, but the clock just is out of control when I start this. So I'm trying to be mindful of your time, but I'm going to do this real quickly. I'm going to give you four. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you four requirements that sheep have to have in order for them to rest. And these are, this is in the natural, and then you're going you're gonna to see it with spiritual eyes. But there's four things that sheep have to have to be able to rest. Number one is this. Sheep cannot rest, number one, until they're free from all fear. Sheep cannot lay down and rest until they're free from all fear. Again, sheep are very timid. They're easily panicked. And there can be a flock of sheep and one little jackrabbit comes flying through the pasture and they'll start stampeding. They're very timid. They're easily panicked. And one little tiny animal can disrupt them and they'll just start stampeding and running crazy because sheep have no means of self-defense. They have no self-defense whatsoever. They're helpless. They're timid and they're feeble. And their only recourse is to run. Because they have no, nothing, they cannot fight with their teeth. They can't fight with, with, with anything. That they're, they're helpless and their only recourse is to run. So if something happens in that field that takes them off guard, they just start running. No, nothing will quiet and reassure a flock of sheep more than seeing their shepherd. Nothing brings sheep more assurance and, and more uh, quieting their, their, their hearts than seeing their shepherd. In order for them to lay down and to truly rest, they have to know they're free from all fear. They have to know there's no coyotes going to come get them. There's no, you know, bears going to come get them. There's no other, something's going to come get them, no predator. That they have to know as long as the shepherd is right there with them, they're able to lay down and rest. They have to be free from all fear. And girls, that's ex- isn't that exactly what happens to us? When something unknown or unexpected happens in our life, our first instinct is to run. Wow. When something unexpected happens, okay, COVID, here we go. Something crazy happens in our world. Our first instinct is to run. We run here. We run there. We try to get away from it. We run to what brings comfort. We go, go, go. We try to, instead of slowing down and resting and watching our shepherd and taking his guidance and leading us, we're just running. We're running a million miles an hour because we don't know what else to do with ourselves. And that's exactly why God again calls us sheep, that we have to be free from fear in order for us to truly get rest for our souls. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says this, and you girls know this verse. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That, it's, uh, that fear is never, ever from God. Mm-hmm. 
He's, it's never from God. And I don't care how uncertain it is. There is a spirit of fear that is reigning in our world right now that is greater than any disease that could ever come to us. There is a spirit of fear that's reigning so great that's greater than anything anything that we may see on TV. Fear is being shouted. It is a spirit that the enemy has unleashed on our nation to try to scare us into Thinking the way they want us, people want us to think or saying what we're going to, or to retreat or to stand down or to not step up and be bold for Jesus. There is this fear that will paralyze us. Fear is not of God. And if we are ever to get rest for our souls and if we are ever to lay down in those green pastures, we have to be free from fear. And we have to see fear for what it is. Fear is a spirit. Fear is not a person. Fear is not a TV program or a news channel. Fear is a spirit and we have to recognize it as a spirit and we have to combat it as a spirit. Fear, we have to be free from fear. And again, that's a whole other lesson for a whole other day. But that's the first requirement that sheep have to have to rest is they have to be free from fear. Number two, they have to be free. Okay, I'm just saying, okay, y'all are getting me on this. They have to be free from tension within the flock. Okay. Okay, they have to be free from tension within the flock. Girls, do I need to say anything else? Are y'all hearing where I'm going with this? If there is not peace within the flock of sheep, it is impossible for that, that, that flock to lay down and to rest. If there's any tension amongst the other sheep one to another there is no rest for them because they're agitated they're aggravated they have a budding order they'll butt against one another they'll be mad at one another this isn't a natural i'm not even making this up our greatest source of unrest in our life girls is to be in conflict with the people around us mm-hmm. our greatest source of unrest If your soul is not at peace, if your soul is not at rest, number one, we've got to have peace with God first. We have to make peace with God first or we will never have rest for our souls. And then after we make peace with God, we've got to make peace with one another. And that that is not easy. And some of y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm going there. Because girls, time is too short. And these are the last days. I'm just telling you, it is. God's doing a gonna is doing a work in in the world unlike anything we're gonna ever see, and we're right at the cusp of it. And I'm telling you, in order for you to be walking in peace with God and to have peace in your souls, you have to be at peace with other people. Good. You have to be at peace with other people. There is a great place of rest and peace, but it's only found when we don't allow tension within our own flock. And some of us need to look right inside of our own homes. Are you at odds with your spouse? Are you at odds with your husband? Are you at odds with your children? Are you at odds with your extended family members? Are you at odds with relationships in your life? Now, this is what I I want you to hear also. It's our responsibility to do everything we can to make sure there's no tension in relationships in our lives. But we can't control and change other people. Right. They have to want the same peace. 
We have to make sure we're doing everything in our life to make sure there's no tension in our relationships, that we've forgiven, that we've given much grace, that we that we walk in peace with one another. But we can't control and change the heart of anybody else. And so you've got to do what you know is right before God. And then once you do and make that right, regardless of the other, per- other person's reaction, you've got to walk forward full of peace. Yeah. And don't get tangled up in trying to change somebody else because you're not going to be able to do it. Sheep cannot lay down and rest unless they're free from tension with the rest of the flock. And so it is with us. Number three is this. In order for sheep to rest, they have to be free from the torment of insects. They have to, sheep have to be free from the torment of insects. And let me explain. Sheep, especially in the summertime, can be driven absolutely crazy by the torment of little gnats and flies. And I know this to be true. I don't have sheep, but I do have chickens. We live out in the country. I've told y'all that. We're on a lot of property. And so I've got chickens. I call them the ladies. And the ladies are tormented in the summertime because of these little gnats. Are, and, the, and they cannot hurt the chickens. And the gnats cannot hurt the sheep. But they'll torment them to death. And they'll just torment them and they'll just run around and the chickens will be clucking and they'll run up to their house. And they're just, so I've got spray and I've got stuff. I'm going to go out there and tend and try to get rid of these stupid gnats so that chickens will settle down because if the chickens don't settle down, they're not laying eggs. And so the same thing with sheep, that sheep cannot rest because these little gnats are just flying around tormenting them. So the shepherd does everything he can do to eliminate these pests from the sheep's life and from the pasture, because if not, they're not going to be content and they're not going to be at peace. The shepherd is keenly aware of what bothers his sheep and what he has to do to help them handle it. He's keenly aware of that. And so in order, again, for them to rest, they have to be free from the torment of insects. Okay, what does that mean for us? That means that sometimes it's not the big giant things that keep us up at night. It's the small little gnats that seem like nothing, but a lot of little nothings will torment the devil out of us. Does that make sense? That we can recognize when there's the big giants that we need to kill or there's a big spirit of fear that we need to kill or the big spirit of fear that we need to overcome. We can recognize the big distractions in our life, but it's those little tiny gnat distractions that are so annoying that we just keep swapping away, but we don't deal with them because we think they're no big deal. But it's the worry and it's the doubt and it's the thoughts and it's the this and it's the the vain imaginations and it's the lies of the enemy. And it's these little things that we don't address and we don't tend to. We're just swatting at them all the time. And we wonder why we're so agitated and we wonder why we're so restless and we cannot rest in our hearts and in our spirit. It's because we haven't dealt with some of the small things that seem to be so insignificant right. that we've got to, we've got to right. deal with those things and go, God, God's bringing them up. Do we bring the big things to God? We all bring the big things to God, but do we bring the small things to him as well? Because sometimes we think, okay, that's too small to bring to God. There's nothing too insignificant and there's nothing too small to ever bring to God. He is our shepherd. He wants to help protect us. And, and God is so concerned about what concerns us. If it concerns you, it concerns him. Yeah. Right. If it's a deal to you, it's a deal to him. And don't let the lie of the enemy come and go, oh, that's no big deal. Oh, that's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. 
Because if you keep hearing that, it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it's keeping you from your rest and your peace because it's a gnat that you're just trying to swat out of the way, but you're not dealing with it and you're not addressing it and you're not bringing it to your shepherd and going, God, I'm going to bring you all my big problems, but these really small problems that it seems like nobody else cares about, it really is bothering me right now. Mm -hmm. And God, I'm going to bring it to you too. That the enemy would love for us to not ever bring those small things to him. And those are the very things that will keep us from the rest and peace that God wants for us. Does that make sense? And then number four is this, and I'm wrapping up. Number four, the conditions that the sheep have to have in order for them to rest. Number four, they have to be free from hunger. Sheep have to be free from hunger in order for them to, to lie down and to be able to rest. If the sheep are well fed in these green pastures, and remember the green pastures are not plentiful in the Middle East or in the desert area where David was writing this, that the sheep had to, the shepherd had to create that and make that for them. If the sheep can graze and feed on green pastures, they're going to fill up quickly. Their hunger is going to be satisfied and they're going to be able to lay down in those same pastures and receive rest for their bodies. If a sheep is hungry and not well fed, they're going to always be on the move, always looking for somewhere else to feed because their hunger is never, ever satisfied. I don't know about y'all. This is something else funny about Eugene. I'm going to make fun of him right now that Eugene, my husband, has got the metabolism unlike anybody I've ever known. It doesn't matter what he eats. He's going to burn it up and he can eat whatever and happy for him. More power to you. And if y'all are out there like that, thank God, wonderful. I hate all y'all. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. And so he's got this metabolism that just got, that just never stops. So Eugene, we can eat supper. We eat supper early. But by about 8 or 9 o'clock, he's hungry again. And like when I'm so tired and I'm going to bed, he, he's, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go fix a sandwich before I go to bed. Because he can't go to bed if he's hungry. And I'm just going, okay, I can't imagine being, I can go to bed. I don't care how hungry I am. I'll eat the next morning. But Eugene, just again, because of this metabolism, he he can't lay down and sleep unless his belly is full. Even though he's eating supper, he's going to have like a second meal later on in the night to get him through the night. And some of y'all may be that way. But it is that's exactly the way it is with sheep. They can't lay down and rest unless their hunger has been satisfied. Jesus says in John chapter 6, he calls himself the bread of life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. That God's word is the bread and nourishment to our, to our weary souls. And girls, so many of us, Americans in particular, people spend millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to satisfy a hunger and a thirst in their soul that nothing in this world can satisfy besides Jesus. Right. That people spend, and women in particular, spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to look great, to have the right makeup, to have the right clothes, the right outfit, the shoes, the cars, the, the houses, all the stuff. And not that that stuff is wrong, but if you're using that to try to satisfy a hunger and a thirst in your heart, that's when it becomes wrong because it's empty. It doesn't matter how much money and how much stuff and how much things you have. There is nothing that can satisfy the longing and hunger and thirst of our souls like Jesus. Nobody. 
He is the one that we can feed on. He is the one that we can, can we can drink from. He is the one that Matthew, the Matthew, and Jesus says this in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the men and women who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they will be filled. Girls, don't settle for grazing in brown pastures. Don't settle for grazing in a pasture that has no nourishment, that that nothing is going to fill you up. It's just throwing money to the wind. That's like grazing in brown pastures that have no nourishment. Stop trying. And and we don't even realize what we're doing, but that's what we're doing. Right. Because, and how do you know you're doing that? It's, it's when your soul is never satisfied. Right. It's when your hunger is never satisfied. Your thirst is never satisfied. And when you recognize that, you stop trying to go to these pastures that are never going to fulfill you. And you look to the shepherd, yes. who is your true shepherd, yes. and go, it's, it's not our responsibility to find the green pastures. Right. He's going to lead us to the green pastures right. because he's created them for us. Yes. He's created. He knows where the green pastures are. He knows where the peace is going to come from. He knows what where you need rest from. We have to keep our eyes on him and let him lead us so that we can feed from those green pastures and satisfy the hunger and thirst in our souls that only he can feel. Only Jesus. Right. And I'm going to close today, girls, in the second half of that verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The second half, he leads me. Besides still waters. Again, only God can satisfy the thirst and the hunger in our lives. It's one thing to be hungry. It's totally another thing to be thirsty. We can last many, many, many days, 40 days plus without food. Our physical bodies can only last three days without water. It's one thing to be hungry. And y'all know what that feels like in the physical when your stomach's growling, you're doing a fat, we're on a if you're on a fast, you do a fast and and or you're haven't eaten all day and you're hungry, your stomach's growling. It's one thing to be hungry. It's totally a different thing to be thirsty. Mm-hmm. When you are so thirsty, you are so dry and parched, you and nothing satisfies but cool water. You can't an iced tea, a Gatorade, nothing's gonna satisfy unless you have that cool water. And he says, He leads me, my shepherd, my overseer, my boss, the manager of my life. Mm-hmm. He leads me beside quiet waters. Yeah. Waters that are so cool, waters that are so deep, waters that are so quenching, that our soul, the depths of our soul can be quenched. The depths of our soul can be satisfied because of the still waters that our shepherd leads us to. God will never, ever lead us to a place, girls, that he hasn't been there himself. God will never lead us to a place where he hasn't first been and prepared for us. He goes before us. He makes the way. Right. He finds and prepares the green pastures. He, he uh, uh, finds and identifies the quiet waters. And then he comes back on the path and gets us, if we'll allow him. 
and leads us to these places that will satisfy our hunger and thirst like we've never known before. But we cannot do it on our own and we cannot find it on our own. It's only by the leading and guiding of our shepherd and our eyes staying on him. So girls, I want to pray for you today. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I'm going to come back at the end of the prayer, give you an assignment for this week. But I hope this has been an encouragement. And I know, I know by the Spirit, there are many of you watching that have been so hungry and so thirsty in your spirits and in your souls that you've tried all the ways to try to quench it. And that prayerfully today, you see that there's one way to quench it, and it is by God, your good shepherd, Mm -hmm. leading and guiding you to those places where you can find him, you can experience him, you can be close to him in his presence as you spend time in his word and it's in prayer, the satisfying of your soul like nothing else before. So let me pray for you, girls. God, I thank you for our time today. I thank you for your word. Father, I pray you would come and seal it by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for these women and men that may be out there watching, that God, their souls and their spirits are are parched and dry, and they've tried to graze in brown pastures where there's been no nourishment and no satisfaction. And God, I pray today that they would turn their eyes to the great shepherd, and that God, you would lead them to green pastures, and you would lead them to quiet and still waters. And that God, as Jesus said in in your word, God, in Matthew, that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Father, fill these that are listening and watching. Fill them to capacity, I pray, with your presence and your power and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Girls, let me just give you just this real quick. I want you to keep reading Psalms 23 every day. And I'm doing this for a reason. I want you to read it out loud every day in a different version. But I want you to also, during this week, where are those green pastures? Where are those still waters for you? And for many of us, it's our churches. And it should be. It's our church services on Sunday. And and we're not having church services right now. And that's why so many people are so turned upside down to go, there's still green pastures and there's still green, uh, uh, still waters because God's spirit is with us no matter where we are. And even though we may be watching online, even though you're watching on Bible study online, even though you're watching church online, his presence can still be with you. You've got to settle your soul, settle your restless hearts, And go to those green pastures and still waters and let God's presence and his power overfill you and minister to you in a way like I know we all desperately need. So I want you to take those moments this week and walk and be led to those green pastures and still waters as you're reading Psalms 23. And then in your journal, I want you to continue to journal What is God saying to you? What is he saying to you through this Bible study, even through this lesson today? What is he saying? Take writing that that down in your journal that you'll go back to days and months and, and, and weeks from now going back and find great encouragement. Well, girls, I love you guys. Thanks for spending this time with me. I'll see you next week on week three, and we'll go on to verse three. Okay, love you guys. Bye-bye. For more information or questions about today's podcast, please visit HeidiReisner.com or email us at info at HeidiReisner.com.